Hey, um, you know what? I, one of the things that we're teaching from the church is that we want everybody to be involved. We want the giftings that you guys have to, to come out. Um, and I said very early, I don't want to just be the speaking head in front of this church. Um, and so I'm going to give Pastor DJ, Pastor Rob, Pastor Darren, Pastor Janelle, I'm going to give them opportunities, maybe more so than, um, than in other places you've been at. Um, but here's, here's what we're doing. Each one of us have different giftings. And in those giftings, we want to be able to teach, equip, and train you guys in those things. Pastor DJ here is incredibly, incredibly gifted man of God when it comes to teaching the things about the gifts that the Lord has for us and how he wants to empower us in those things. And so um, I said it a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again. I would be remiss to not let him share his heart to you guys about those giftings. And so um, would you guys give him a warm, shine welcome? with leadership like that how can we go wrong people i'm telling you what it's awesome it is great to be with you thanks for being here <laughs> i said it wasn't gonna be looking over my shoulder but uh maybe he is hey i want to start off with a question this morning how many of you think that being a christian should be more fun than you're currently having <laughs> Somebody's bold in here. Come on. How many of you guys have ever thought to yourself, being a Christian, is this all there is? It feels like we should be having more fun serving Jesus. Anybody? Don't worry. We will just delete all of video evidence of this service after the service. I believe that that's normal. I believe that's actually healthy. If you thought to yourself, man, is this all there is? Or does God have something more? I believe that God's answer for that is yes, there is more. I want serving me. I want living the Christian life that I've brought to you. I want it to be fun. I want it to be a source of joy in your life, a place that you're going, oh my goodness, can this really be real? And we're pinching ourselves with it. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're actually going through the four pillars uh, in this series, right? The four things that we really felt as a formation team that God was telling us, hey, I want to build this particular part of my church. Obviously, you know, all of the church belongs to God. All of the church of Jesus Christ is precious and is beautiful and it's powerful and it's called. But, but we have, uh, uh, you know, an ability to say, hey, what does God want to specifically do here at Shine Church? And what are the things that God wants kind of front and center on our dashboard, on our radar screen? And we really believe that these four things, right? Uh, engaging, uh, identify, uh, and uh, uh, empowered, and multiply. We really believe that those four things are things that God just wants us to keep right here front and center and to make sure that we're running in the lane that God has carved out for us. So we're taking these few weeks right off the bat to really lay that foundation. And, and here's what I want you to remember is that this isn't just pie in the sky stuff. Oh yeah, blah, blah, you know, church vision, DNA stuff. Yeah, they'll get over it. You know, they get to the practical stuff, you know, marriage, finances, all the stuff, you know, we want to know. Man, this is, this is stuff that we can put into practice right now. We can be, God is speaking different nuggets that you can put into practice in your family or in your parenting, in your marriage or at your workplace or in your friendships or at school or wherever you might be, man, you can be putting these things into practice, seeing yourself like God sees you in terms of identifying, looking at yourself through his eyes and, and engaging with one another meaningfully and deeply and being empowered by the spirit of God to be all that he's created you to be and, and even multiplying, having an effect. I'm telling you what, people that walk in those things, 
are gonna have an impact in this world. And others may not even know that the, the source of your power, you know what I'm saying, might be like, oh wow, you're really good at sales. And they may not have a clue that you are walking in the revelation of the Spirit of God in terms of relationships and identity and empowerment. So I'm excited to be able to teach as part of this series. And I believe that God does wanna share with us. So an alternate uh, a title for this message might be, How to Have More Fun as a Christian. Amen. Ooh, thank you. Oh, come on, guys. How to have more fun as a Christian and get stuff done that God wants to get done. Is that, is that possible that God could bring those two things together? <laughs> I really believe it is, and I'm excited just to have this conversation today about that. Um, our pillar is reads like this. Empower, do what you love. Realize you have a purpose and God wants to activate the passions and giftings he has placed in you. And the verse in there is 1 Peter 4, verse 10, which says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, I want to ask you guys, uh, we're going to talk about this, which I believe really has so much of what God wants to reveal this weekend is right here in this one verse. And so I wanted to start off by asking a question, and this is a discussion question. This is not a rhetorical, you know, I'm going to answer it myself, like a lot of us pastors do at times. But this is actually a question for you. Um, can you think back on birthdays, anniversaries, Christmases, whatever it might be, and think back of a particular gift that you received that was really cool? I mean, a gift that was like, oh man, that was really awesome. That, I remember that. Maybe it was years ago, but you still remember it. Who wants to be our bold guinea pig? Who wants to go first? A really cool gift that you received. Yes, Nate. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Nate first and then you. Yes. Okay, we'll go with Nate first and then right back to you. Yes, Nate. Ooh, come on. Gibson Les Paul, for those of you who don't know, that is a very nice, well-crafted guitar. Nate makes it look good and sound good as well. That's, that's a really great gift. How about you? Ooh, that's a pen with your name engraved on it. Something, you still have it? Okay, you didn't lose it or anything. Okay, good. That's a wonderful gift. Yep, somebody else. What's a great gift? Yes, Keith. Wow, his wife rented a Dodge Viper for him to drive around for the day. Is that a V12, I think, or 10? It's a, yeah, it's a beauty. That's a, wow, what a great memorable gift. Somebody else. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So your name is Kathy, and they gave you a chatty Kathy doll, and it just, it resonated with like, hey, this reminds me of someone that I really like. Me. <laughs> Very cool. Love that. Somebody else. Yes, back in the back. Terrence. Whoa. Original 8-bit Nintendo. What was the game that you played on it? Oh, Mar Super Mario Bros. Why, why do I even need to ask? Yes. So you had hours of fun and enjoyment on that. So great. What a great gift. What a great gift. Somebody else? Yes, Doug. Oh. Wow. Lost his rod, a fishing rod in the river. 
And his kids went in and got him a new one. I'm repeating this, by the way, because we do have people listening online from like places like China and Spain, <laughs> and they can't hear all of the responses. So if you're wondering, why does he repeat it? Is there an echo in here? <laughs> I'm doing that for the sake of others that may not hear. Wow, what a great, what a great gift. Yes, one more over here somewhere. Oh, yes, right up here. Oh, nice. A piggy bank that's a baseball. So it's shaped like a baseball. Have you kept the money in there or have you emptied it once or twice already? <laughs> you know, as needed, as needed. Very cool, man. Well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's great to receive a gift, isn't it? I mean, when it's a good gift. Now, there are some gifts, right? Have you gotten those other kind of gifts? The little obvious re-gift kind of thing. You're like, huh? Oh, interesting. Thank you so much. I'll be giving this away next Christmas, you know. <laughs> or that gift that maybe has like a hook attached. You know, somebody came to my wife years and years ago and was like, oh, we want to come and bring over some samples of facial care products. And there's some for your husband too. You know, I'm, any men in here into the, oh, dude, this is like a multi-billion dollar industry right now. You know what I'm saying? Just the, the fancy creams and lotions. So I was as excited as she was, you know. So they came over like, yes, they're going to bring a gift and, you know, give it to us. And be like, hey, God bless you. Enjoy the, the creams and lotions. No, they were there for like 90 minutes hardcore sales presentation. Here's how you can be a part of this multi-level thing and you can be your own representative. And then if you get three people under you, and I was like, it was kind of like a gift, but yet not quite a gift. You know what I'm saying? I know that, you know, in life, we probably experience some of each kind of gift, some that we're like, "Ah, I wish I hadn't gotten that gift. Um, But then like we just heard amazing gifts that connect with our heart, that bring us joy, that reveal someone's love for us. And how they value us, right? Getting a, 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 I'm sure, a very valuable and costly fishing rod or a guitar or, or a Nintendo system. Something that, that someone cares about bringing us joy. I believe God wants us to know that he has given gifts to us and that they're the good kind of gift. It says each one should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. I'm telling you what, your father wants you to know that he has delighted in giving each of you. Did you catch that at the beginning? Each of you. Not just God is delighted in giving a few of the pastors and some very special, selectively chosen people in the congregation gifts. It doesn't say that, even in the Greek. It says, each of you, each of you. Say, that's me. Say it again, that means me. God has given you an important gift. And that word gift means a grace endowment, okay? It's a, there's a fancy definition. I'm not even going to bother with it. You can read it on your own if you want. Uh, Biblehub.com, look it up. But it really comes from a word, uh, it's, it's the word charisma, okay? So you've heard about when we say, oh, that person's really charismatic, right? They have a really energetic personality or, you know, magnetism or whatever. That comes from that Greek word charisma, And that comes from the word charis, which means grace. And grace means God leaning over, literally inclining himself over us in favor because he desires to share benefits with us. Think about that. God has leaned over you and said, I love you. I am biased towards you. I'm not just fair. Sometimes, oh man, life's not fair. You know what? I believe God wants to bring us to a place where we see through, I get it. Listen, there's hurt, there's pain, there's injustice. I'm not denying bad things that happen to us. We all have been through those things, some of us more than others. So I'm not trying to be insensitive to that, but I believe even through that, God wants to bring us to a place where we see that, man, he is inclined over us in favor, in grace, saying, I love you. 
I love you and and I want to pour my goodness into you and I want to bring you close to me. And I'm gonna give you gifts that allow us to to do this thing together on planet earth, that allow you to be a part of of my project, of my mission, of my obsession to, to love people and to bring them to know Jesus Christ, my son, and to be a part of a family together and a part of a body together. Isn't that awesome? And all of these gifts that we mentioned, it wasn't we earned it or we tried so hard. Or these gifts were freely given to us. If you think about it, all the gifts that we just heard from. And God is saying the same thing. It's not something you earn or have to work for, but man, I love you. And it's my delight to give you gifts. Here's another definition. I really like this one. Uh, the, another definition for gifts is miraculous faculties. Ooh, think about that for a second. Mirac- you know what that makes me think of? The Incredibles. Of course. Anybody seen The Incredibles 2? Anybody seen Incredibles 1? I don't think it was called Incredibles 1. I think it was just called Incredibles. But yeah, we know what we're talking about. Anyway, I love that movie, right? It's just a great, it's one of those movies where I think it's sort of for kids. But I think all the moms and dads are like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're being taught about our marriage and about honoring each other and, you know, helping each other find our destiny, you know, so many things. But anyway, in Incredibles 2, there's a scene where the little baby, Jack-Jack, you know, he's the only one of the family that hasn't really displayed superpowers yet, right? And so they're all like, okay, well, maybe he's just like a normal, you know, human or whatever. And, you know, Elastigirl's the mom and, you know, Mr. Incredible's the dad who can lift, you know, buses and throw them. And, uh, you know, uh, Dash is super fast and the daughter has, I don't know, some sort of force field thing and whatever she has. And anyway, all of a sudden, he's getting in a fight with a raccoon in the backyard and what happens? He turns into like a ball of fire and into like a little demon thing. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. But the dad's like, yes, yes, he has super. He's a super. Here's what God wants us to know today from The Incredibles 2. Did you ever think God would speak to you through The Incredibles 2? God wants us to know that you are part of a super family. Your dad is more incredible than Mr. Incredible. Your dad has all power in heaven and on earth. Your dad knows no boundaries. He has strength, he has wisdom, he has power that we cannot even begin to imagine. He spoke and the universe came into existence. He spoke and stars went into place hundreds of billions of light years away just to give us a sense of like, wow, I don't feel cooped in. (laughs) Have you ever felt cooped in on planet Earth? You know, like, wow, we got room to expand like several billion light years out there. That's our father. You're part of a super family. And guess what? You have superpowers. Say, I'm a super. God has given us gifts that reflect his miraculous. And not like DJ doesn't have miraculous powers. I don't, you know, I can't like, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm trying to do there, but (laughs) let's not go to the bathroom. No. (laughs) Dan, rescue me. (laughs) How did we, it took a turn there. It just, it just turned. Back on track. (laughs) Our father is super, we are supers. He's gifted us spiritual gifts so that we can join him in his work and it make it fun to partner with him together. He doesn't say, get out there and do my work for me. That's not his that's fathering style. He says, man, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. Man, this is really cool stuff that we're doing, bringing people into my grace, reconciling people, building up a body together to achieve our destiny together. Let's do this together. And he's inviting us into that process. So that is what a gift is. Let me tell you this. 
I believe a lot of times as believers, we spend an inordinate, I shouldn't say that. I believe we spend a lot more time as believers, you tell me if you think this is true, thinking about the things that God wants all of us as believers to do than we do thinking about the things that he uniquely has gifted us to do. Could that be true? I mean, give me some examples of things that God wants all believers to do. Just real quick. What's an example? Preach his word. Share the good news. Absolutely. What else? Pray together. Man, God wants every son and daughter to pray. Yes. Anybody else? Love one another. Worship him. Spread his church. Bring people into his body. Man, there's so many good things. And listen, I'm not devaluing that. Those are... We need to spend time learning God's commandments, right? Jesus said, whoever has my commands and follows them is the one who loves me. He wants us, obviously, to be forgiving each other, worshiping together, loving each other, you know, all those things. We want to be pressing into that. But if we stop there, get this. If the enemy can stop us from following Jesus in the general things, right, of just accepting him as Lord and surrendering our lives to him, he can prevent our salvation, right? Agreed? If he can stop us from acknowledging his lordship, his, his, the place that he deserves in our lives as our savior and lord, he can prevent our salvation. But even if he wins, or excuse me, even if he loses that part of the battle, if he can stop us from understanding the way he's un God has uniquely gifted us to partner with him, then he can prevent our impact and our fruitfulness. He may not be able to prevent our salvation, but he can prevent our impact. I'm telling you what, impact is where so much of the fun is at. I mean, yes, it's fun to go to heaven, right? To be on the way. Better than the alternative. Okay, good. But there's a lot more fun to be had as well when we are able to join God in his work and understand what he's uniquely gifted us to do. So let's look at the next word. Each one should use whatever gift he's received. We understand God has given us gifts of his spirit, part of his empowering in our lives that he wants to use uniquely and differently to each one of us. But then it says, whatever gift you have received. Let's talk about that concept for a second. Everybody okay? I go too fast? Too slow? Just right? Okay. Um, whatever gifts we have received, the word received has an interesting uh, meaning in the Greek. And it means to actively lay hold of that which is being offered to us to actively and aggressively lay hold of that which is being offered to us. Now, think back upon those great gifts that we heard about earlier. I bet if I were to ask each of you, how did you respond to that? Uh, Nate, how did you respond to getting that guitar? Were you like, oh, I'm not worthy? Speechless, and then what did you do? Thanked your wife, good idea, good idea. And then what did you do with the gift? Polished it. <laughs> I love, you gotta know Nate, I love just putting him on the spot like this because you know, I see him sweating like this and he can handle it. He's a people person. Yes, and you, yes, you took it, you polished it, you, you got your hands on it, you enjoyed it, right? That's exactly right, man. I bet each of the gifts, you know, the fisher, I bet you probably went fishing with that rod, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, we took that thing and we received it. We, we took possession of it. God is saying, there's a process that I want you to be involved with me in. 
And it's receiving the gift. It's not just a passive thing like, well, I guess God put something in there. I don't know, but I'm not going to lift my arms to find out. Maybe in there somewhere, you know, little dinosaur hands. Inside of me, God has put gifts, but that's all I can do. No, God wants us to actively and aggressively lay hold of it. Here's the thing. God has done the heavy lifting, okay? So we're going to read a passage in 1 Corinthians 12 that speaks of God's part in this, what he's done. Um, and it goes like this. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 4 through 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, there's that word again, each one. Now, stop for a second. What does each one mean, do you think, theologically speaking in the Greek? How many of us does that mean? You all are like honorary PhDs in Scripture right now. Yes, everyone, right? So this says, uh, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the gifts. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. So just some examples of the kinds of gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given. It says this, all these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one. There's that phrase again, to each, how many of us? Everybody, to each one as, uh, just as He determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Wow. I mean, what a, what a powerful, powerful picture that God is painting for us here of a human body, right? A human body is truly uh, miraculous, right? I mean, it's just, think about the fact of, you know, we have robotics and stuff like that, and, and we see some different, you know, advances in that field, but even in 2018, after years and years, it's kind of like, I mean, can you imagine if you saw somebody like, you know, walking, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's a little bit creepy, right? But that's as good as it gets so far in robotic. God has designed the human body, man. We're like, poof, poof, we're like playing tennis. Bah, bah, you know, dancing around. Okay, you don't want to see that. Nobody should have to see that. Don't tell my wife I danced in front of you. But the body's an incredible thing. And here what it's telling us is that God has given gifts to each one. He's done the heavy lifting. We don't have to go, oh, I wonder what gift I should go after. God has already thought of you. Before the beginning of time, he has loved you. And he has said, you know what? I love this son. I love this daughter. I'm going to put in them the gift of encouragement. Oh, man, I love my son here. I'm going to put in him the gift of mercy to truly be able to listen to other people and empathize and truly draw out of them their pain, but also to bring healing. And I'm going to, oh, wow. I love my son over here. I'm going to give him the gift of hospitality. He's going to really, really just get excited about opening his home and, and bringing people in and brewing special pots of coffee from all around the world because, you know, he really wants to treat his guests with honor. I mean, all different gifts that the Holy Spirit has designed and has chosen. We don't have to do that part. Our part is to receive the gift, to actively and aggressively lay hold of it and begin to use it, right? for the common good. Here's the thing. I want you to see this real quick. Um, something really cool about this is God is so excited about the gifts that he wants to give you 
that all three persons in the Godhead are involved. Think about it. I don't know if you caught that part, but right at the beginning it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Which person of the Godhead is that referring to? The Holy Spirit. The same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, Kyrios in the Greek. Who is that referring to? Jesus. And then what about this? Uh, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God, Theos, at work. Which person of the Godhead is that referring to? God the Father. So think about this. All three of them are like, oh my gosh, we're so excited. Well, I don't know if they say that because that would be like, you know, oh me. <laughs> anyway, but they're like, we're so excited about the gifts that we're giving our sons and daughters. All three of them are involved in that process. And God wants you to know, man, the gifts that he's given to you are special. They are valuable and they are powerful. It's part of his empowering you, each one, to be a part of his body together. Each one of us has a part of that puzzle. And without the part that he's given you, guess what? The body suffers. The body's incomplete. Ask Pastor Rob right now. He cut a couple of his fingers on a table saw a couple of weeks ago, and it damaged some of the nerves and stuff. Tell you what, ask him if he misses the feeling in these two fingers right now, right? Even if it's just like a tiny percentage of the body. I mean, it's literally a little cut right here that you think, man, look at all the rest of my body. Everything else is fine. But ask Rob how, long, how much time he's spent thinking about these little pieces right here because it makes a difference and it hurts. And when that hurts, we hurt as a whole being. And when that, you can't use those to do things and to text and to type and it makes a difference, doesn't it? Think about it. Without you and the peace that God has given you, his body's incomplete. We need you here at Shine. We need you to, to discover and to engage with your gift and to begin to develop it. So we're gonna talk about that. How do we do that? How do we begin to discover and aggressively lay hold of the gifts that God has put inside of us? And this is a discussion moment. So who can tell me a gift that you know that you have or walk in what was a part of the process of you coming to know that and discovering that? Anybody? You take a test. Very cool. There's like spiritual gifts test. And there's one, um, there's many good ones out there on the internet. I'm going to tell you one that's really good. It's called giftstest.com. G-I-F-T-S, plural, T-E-S-T.com. If you write that down, Go on there, it's about 108 questions. Don't be afraid, it's nothing. It's like quick little, like often, sometimes, rarely kind of thing. And you just click, 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 click. And it will spit back to you uh, a report of, hey, based on your responses, here's what some of your maybe top three or top five gifts may be. No, it's not like, oh, mighty computer, tell us who we are. We, you know. I know some people feel that way about, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple, but we don't. We don't yield our lives to those things. But, but it can be a very helpful tool in really giving us some places to start. What's another? Uh, yes, Doug. Ooh, that is so powerful. Gifts from other, meaning when other people call out in us some of the gifts of God, ooh, glory to Jesus. I'll tell you what, Pastor Dan was talking to our leadership about, um, about this, this very week, saying, man, we want to be a church family where part of our culture is to call out of each other gifts and strengths. There's something that happens that is so powerful when we have a culture of not just thinking about ourselves, but a culture of, man, you know what? 
you really have a gift to explain things really well. Or, man, thank you so much for praying for me. You know, that really made a difference. I really sensed just joy and strength coming back in to face that situation when you prayed. There was power. Or, man, wow, you know what? When you had us over to your home and you brought that homemade ice cream out, oh, my goodness, that was an encouraging. You know, whatever the gift might be, calling out from each other. And here's the thing, guys. In order for that to happen, we need to be engaged with each other in relationship, don't we? Because how are we going to know what the gifts are in each other to be able to call them out if we're not in relationship. So that's where, if you come back in like three weeks, we're gonna be talking about engage. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how all these pillars work together because it's, it's all part of one process that God is saying, when we begin to connect in relationship, we begin to see strengths in other people. We begin to be able to, to verbalize those things. And I'm telling you what, God wants to, uh, this to be a place where we each feel like, wow, somebody noticed something valuable that I bring and even called that out in me and encouraged me. And guess what? Then being able to do that for somebody else, that's even more fun. Because you see them come alive and like, really? You think, really? I just thought everybody could, no, not everybody can do that. That's something special that God's put in you. Oh, okay, guess what? That person's gonna have a little bit more confidence next time to, to step out in that thing and be even more of a blessing, which causes multiplication. It's awesome. Okay, what else? Any other parts of, of this that you wanna talk about? Yes. Yeah, that passion. So she mentioned the passion that was inside of her. She almost felt guilty at times, like, well, I enjoy this so much. Has this become an idol to me? But truly, if I'm interpreting correctly, Kim, um, the Lord showed you that that passion is a hint, a very strong hint at the things that he's gifted you to do, the things that bring joy, the things that he's put in you, and that probably there's gifts there which are effective, and it blesses other people. So, yeah, don't ignore the areas of, of passion, the areas where you're like, man, I really get excited about this particular thing. Or on the flip side, if something really bothers you. So for example, say you walked into the church on a weekday and you go back to that closet and you're like, ugh, that place is a mess back there. Look at all the paper plates kind of falling over and it looks like there's a spoon that hasn't been rinsed. Ew. And then guess what? That might be a hint. You might have a gift of organization. And administration. And we've had people come and clean during the week. It's like, woo, all the files are like all color-coded. yellow, green, blue, you know, rainbow. It's like, oh, the, the light, heaven's opened. Because somebody with a gift of administration, because they recognized it because they were bothered by something that wasn't happening, used their gift and discovered their gift. I've had people say, oh, man, I just... You know, we just need to be a church that cares more about people that are down and out, you know. And, I, and it's like, what is that a hint of? Maybe a gift of mercy there. And so a lot of times we don't know what to do with it. And we're like, well, somebody else should do something about that. Somebody else should really care for people that come in off the street. You know, well, you're right, but maybe that person is you. Maybe God has put that gifting in you and that's why you care and notice it. Because even the things that we notice and see that aren't happening can be hints to maybe that's a valuable part of the body that God is saying, you see that. Maybe nobody else does right now. You're the one that can step up. Not in a critical spirit of, ha, ah, man, this place stinks. Can't believe nobody else is doing this yet. No, but in an attitude of serving, right? It says each one should use whatever gifts we've received to serve others. To go, hey, let me jump in. 
and bring value and bring strength that God has given me by the Holy Spirit through my gifts to this situation. I'll tell you what, the body will be stronger for it. We'll be more effective for it. We're gonna walk in power. Let me tell you a couple other things. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. You know what? God wants us to be a family together that loves each other. And a family, I hope your family was this way. I get it. Not, you know, families are not uh, perfect. And, and a lot of us may have come from broken families or, or difficult situations. But God's vision for family was that it's a place where, man, we can try stuff out, right? With our siblings, whatever. We can, you know, a little kid, hey, I got a joke. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, you're not going to be a comedian. Cross that off the list, you know. But it's okay to fail. It's okay to try stuff. God wants us to be a church family where it's okay to experiment and to do a little trial and error, right? We're not automatically going to know, well, I took the test, and according to that, I am an exhorter through worship. So give me a microphone. It's like, and Jesus loves me this I know. It's like, okay, I don't know what, the, what answers you do put on the online test, but, you know, it's okay to fail. And, and know that we're still loved and that there's still room for us to test and to experiment and to take a risk. And you know what? If there's not fruit in it, it's okay. Move on to the next thing. And God's going to show us maybe another thing to try. And all of a sudden, before we know it, there's going to be something that's like, boom, we struck oil. Something happened. You know, you're kind of ding, 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 ding. Like all of a sudden, it breaks open. And there's the gold in the mine. We broke through. That's God wants us to not give up trying and experimenting and seeking him and praying, calling out gifts in each other to do that. Um, one last, well, I'll give you one quick thing and then we'll wrap it up. Another thing Pastor Dan actually asked me to share this with you, um, and it's not really in the New Testament. <gasps> it might be my opinion. Uh, well, not even mine. I heard another pastor in Seattle talk about this 10 years ago at a conference. But, but I'll just share it briefly, and maybe it helps some of you just at least have a place to start in terms of, of your unique giftings. And that is the idea that I went to this conference, and this guy said, well, uh, you know what? The concept of prophets, priests, and kings. You know, we try to get within the body the prophets, the priests, and the kings aligned in their different roles, and everything seems to work more smoothly, and everybody's happier. And then he moved on to the next thing. And I was like, excuse me? Question in the back. Could you write a 400-page book on that topic, please? Oh, you already have. Okay, no. Um, it really impacted me because, you know, looking at Scripture in the Old Testament, we see the people of Israel, and we see those three types of leadership, right? Those three voices. We see the prophets kind of bringing the words of God to the people. Man, I'm passionate about listening to what God has to say and making it known. I want people to know what God is thinking and what God is saying. Is that important? Yeah, and a lot of us are super passionate about that. Then we see in the Old Testament, the priests, they're kind of going the other direction. They're representing the people to God, right? So they would offer the sacrifices and they would kind of be like, God, like, I know we're kind of not scoring 100% for sure, but God, I know you love us. God, help us in our times of struggle. God, deliver us from our enemies. God, cover the sins of the people. Now, because of Jesus, we have the perfect priest, the perfect lamb who takes away our sins. So we're way ahead of those Old Testament priests. But, but it's just that heart, right, to build community and to create relationships and to bring everybody together. Jesus, when he was like, how many times I've longed to nestle you under my wings, O Jerusalem, but you weren't willing. I mean, it's that priestly heart. And so we see that in Jesus as well, that priest. A lot of us are passionate about creating community, about, about people, right? We kind of look at life and at the church and at, at our lives just in terms of just that community building, relationship building. Man, we want to see that connection. Maybe that's a priestly kind of lens or focus that God's given you. 
What about the kings? What do they do? Not just rule and eat grapes and get fanned. They might do that, but kings are like passionate about resources and timelines and budgets. <gasps> Can we say that in church? Dollars, no, I think I just did. Right, planning and, and organizing and, and really like getting stuff done. You know, like after we pray about it and after we all get together as priests and encourage each other and it's like, okay, are we actually gonna do it now? <laughs> Let's get out there and do it. Let's plan it. Let's make it happen. Those are the kingly people, structures, timelines, processes. And man, you know, I believe that God, just like we see that in the Old Testament, Jesus reflected all three of those things. He spoke the words of God as a prophet. He represented the people to God as a priest. He organized his kingdom, disciples, 12, you know, send them out two by two and come back. And then the next chapter is sending out 72. There was multiplication, there was growth, there was development taking place. Somebody had to lead it. Jesus is the king of kings. He's pretty organized. So that took place. Even though we don't see those three sort of names in the New Testament, I believe that they can be little hints sometimes. If we kind of ask ourselves like, huh, you know, what do I really get passionate about? What do I really get fired about? Or even like, what are the areas I'm like, eh, you know, oh, hmm, another prayer meeting. Yeah, I think I got to go shampoo my hair that night. You know, I mean, I'm not saying God doesn't want us all to be involved in many different things. God does want to stretch us. God does want us to grow in different areas. And all three, we can relate to God in all three of those ways. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting people in boxes. But I believe that sometimes, you know, when there's one that just really sparks our interest and, and we get to, whether it was somebody else and, oh, you think that way too? Oh, that's cool. You know, and all of a sudden there's, there's energy in it. That may be a hint. So you can almost call that like a gift region, if you will. You know, are you kind of in the prophet region of speaking the words of God? Are you in the kingly region of organizing and leading and administering? Or are you in the priestly region of gifts of, of encouraging and connecting others and, you know, mercy and those kinds of things? Maybe that's a hint. And maybe you have gifts from all three. But at least hopefully that helps you. So here's what I want to leave you with. What happens when we cooperate with God's process, when we actively receive and lay hold of the gifts that he's given us, begin to pursue them, take a test, ask God to show us, and then boldly step out and begin trying, experimenting with the gifts that we believe he may have given us. Acts chapter 17, verse 6, says this, but when they did not find, so, so the apostles were in a city, I believe it was Thessalonica, and they were preaching the good news of Jesus and healing the sick, and God was moving powerfully, and the people that did not believe were pretty angry with them. So they went after them, and it says this, when they did not find them, they dragged Jason, who was associated with them, and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. These men who have caused trouble all over the world. A different translation says, these people who have turned the world upside down have now come here. Would that be cool if we were known as troublemakers? At least by the enemy, right? If the, if the kingdom of darkness goes, you know what? That shine church family of believers, man, they're troublemakers. Don't let them come this way. Because <laughs> they, they are each discovering their gifts. They're discerning spirits. They're speaking the word of God through prophecy. They're organizing stuff and making stuff happen in the real world through wisdom and through compassion and all the different gifts that God has put in them. <laughs> they're troublemakers. They're causing trouble all over the world. Or they're turning the world upside down. Church, that's what God is calling us to be is a church that turns the world upside down. 
Dan and I aren't going to be able to do it. Even Pastor Janelle, as awesome as she is, we all know. If anybody can do it by herself, be Janelle. But even she can't do it all by herself. God wants to engage each one. Each one should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. I'm telling you what, if we'll get this, if we'll believe it, if we'll say yes to God and respond, and if we'll even be used by Him to call out in each other the gifts that we see in others, tell you what, God is going to empower us by His Holy Spirit in such a way that we're going to turn the world upside down and be troublemakers to the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your power, Jesus. We thank you that, Lord, you are the one who has all power and all ability. We don't have to look to ourselves and say, man, you know, can I figure this out? Or do I have the power to change the world? Man, we can look to you, Jesus. Say, Lord, you are the true superhero. And God, we just thank you that we get to be a part of your family, a part of your body, and use the gifts that you've given us. God, I pray you would empower us by your spirit, open our eyes to discover our own gifts. We thank you and praise you for the impact that Jesus might be glorified through each one of us. Amen. Good stuff right there, huh? He's got such a passion and a heart for that. It's just, yeah, you can give me a hand. Good job on that. That was awesome. He mentioned this, but I want to, um, just from my heart, uh, speak to every one of you. If you haven't taken the gift assessment test, I strongly encourage you, go on to that webpage. Gifts, plural, G-I-F, I can't even spell, G-I-F-T-S, test.com. Um, go online, do that. Uh, I would actually love to get an email from you and say, hey, I took the gifts uh, test, and this is, these are the three things that, you know, it says that I score highly on. And I would love to have dialogue with you about that just to see if that confirms something in you or if you're completely surprised by that. Um, it's, it's through tests um, and opportunities like that that we begin to explore those things. And we truly do. I, DJ said, said it right near the end. We, the two of us, the leadership team, we can't do this. We have to have you guys. And I know I keep saying this every week, in and out, but I want you to understand it. I truly believe it. We are going to be the church that God wants us to be as soon as you discover the gifts and operate in the gifts and, and do the things that, that God has wired you to do. Um, DJ didn't talk about this. I'm going to talk about it next week when I'm talking a little bit. But last night he talked about an airplane and how you have to have the gifts operating as one of the engines and you have to have the fruit of the Spirit operating in, on the other side. And both of those engines have to be going. Otherwise, you just end up going in a circle. And we've seen this, where people are um, truly um, focused on the fruit of the Spirit, but they don't really believe in the gifts, or maybe they've never been taught about the gifts, or maybe they just are uncomfortable with the gifts. And here's what the picture is, is that they go forward in the fruit, and all they do is do circles. And they go around and around and around, and they're they're excelling in love, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, but, but it's just leading them in circles. And here's what happens is they get frustrated and they think it's the church's fault. And so they go to another church and they go around in circles. And then they go to another church and they go around in circles. And then we have another group of people that are just focused on the gifts and they're the meanest people you'd ever know. And they're going around in circles the other way. What if we could be a people that have giftings operating 
but also with the fruit of the Spirit behind us. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. So um, kind of get into that idea because I think that's when we truly just take off and soar in what God has for us. So great job. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with that. You guys, uh, be blessed.